Guys, I just want to talk about how Tompkins not telling us his nightmare is because he's like totally a sexy hero with a dark past. <laughs> and we're going to be like, he's going to be like, like the sexy one that you like figure out this whole time. It's been hiding a terrible secret. I'm drawing a, a picture of him as a, <laughs> as a hunky dark hero. It's funny you he say that because uh, Megan and I were just talking about how much I'm I'm happy that um we do not have a mary sue npc we have very much the opposite like a lot of gms like to put in like the badass character who like saves the day and is super cool and everybody wants to be his friend and tomkins is like oh god he's ours and we love him we'll tolerate him (laughs) i don't know all he needs to have is like dad issues or something and i'm like tell me more Woke up in a lucid dream. Now we're hunting for the shards. We might be an oddball team, but at least we've got no bards. World What's up, everyone? I'm Pedro, the GM and creator of Worldwalkers. In our last episode, the Worldwalkers ventured into the rounds, attempting to locate the tavern at the end of dreams. Along the way, however, they encountered nightmares, one of which stole Roberto from the group. Now the Worldwalkers must continue forward as they near the tavern and the entity known as Patch. Yeah, you keep um, traveling through the tunnels until the uh, the tunnel widens open, and it kind of gives way not to a bigger cave opening, but the the cave, the rocky cave uh, ground, gives way to fields of grass, and there's a small dirt path that leads up to a very uh, warm and welcoming tavern. There's a soft glow that comes out of the windows. Uh, Even the chimney, the smoke coming from the chimney, it bestows upon you a uh, sense of welcoming and kind of makes you feel like it's you're just a few more steps away from a very comfortable, relaxing evening, possibly with friends. Once you get up to the door, the door to the tavern looks like a simple... Uh, made made of like a few blocks of wood with a couple like steel bars across it to kind of help fortify it. But um, who's reaching out for the door? Then Vasa would just reach over Tompkins' head and sort of push in the door. Vasa reaches her hand out, and you find that the door is made of rich mahogany, and it slides open with ease and elegance. Vasa uh, pushes in very uh, briskly. So you walk in and find yourself in a very respectable tavern. There are various folks with forgettable faces, and they are enjoying themselves. Uh, The entire scene obviously looks very familiar. Um, It's much like the first time you ever came into the tavern at the end of Dreams. The people still have forgettable faces, uh, so you're not really zeroing in anyone in specific. Uh, There is a soft glow that seems to come from no particular light source. It's just a radiance that the tavern gives. And... um, Looking past everybody, you find the bartender with the familiar ring of maroon hair making its last stand in a losing battle. He's still wearing his blue vest with his white undershirt, and he is busy taking orders. Vasa's going to push her way to the counter and say, Bartender, a whole bunch of ales and get the Dream King, get the dream king down here. 
as you walk in, that kind of uh, that light that didn't really seem to have a, a specific source. As you walk in, floating lanterns along the edges of the wall kind of fill in, almost like responding to something that you would expect to see in a tavern. Um, the rest of you follow Vasa in as well. Yeah. All right. So <clears throat> yeah, you walk up, and uh, the bartender looks at you, thinks for a second. He's like, "Hey." You're back. Where's the Dream King? The Dream King? Oh, um, he kind of looks around. And he's like, Shh, "Don't say that so loud." And as you guys walk in, um, some of the people turn around, um, and then some of the more outlandish-looking individuals, people with like crazy, like uh, suit, like pajama armor and stuff, they turn around uh, and they're like, oh, "Tompkins." Tompkins, it's you! And he looks around and he's like, it is me! Who? What's going on? And people start to kind of swim around Tompkins and talk to him a little bit. Um, I don't know who wants to eavesdrop on Tompkins and who wants to stay with Vasa as she pursues uh, her current path. I will sit with Vasa, but I'll lip-read what Tompkins and them are <laughs> That's about. right, you can lip-read, yeah. Um, everybody else kind of staying with Vasa, I assume? Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> I'll fill in the details on that in a second, uh, Brummelstone. But uh, he looks around and he's like, well, you can't just call out for the Dream King in here. You keep it down a little bit. First of all, you'll wipe out, you know, half my patronage if they think they're in a dream. And uh, second of all, um, he, he's not here. Well, how can we how can we get him here? I, I can get him here. It's just. Gotta, gotta play, gotta play it a little bit, you know? Um, I'll, I'll get a message out to him. What should it say? Dear Kevin. <laughs> so It's us. We got Your some shorts. Dear you Kevin. Back? What else? Tell him that he needs to come here because we need to talk to him. Oh, that's simple. Yeah, I can do that. No problem. How long will it take him to get here? Well, I, I don't know where he is. He has to keep moving, you know? Why? And he looks around and he's like, the nightmares. The nightmares are drawn to him. That's why he can't stay here. <sighs> Just get me a drink before I tell, and she points at a customer, that he's dream. Tell him that he's dreaming. No way. Okay, okay. <laughs> he brushes off and starts getting <laughs> drinks together. Um, <clears throat> Brummelstone, you're watching as the people... Um, they're excited to see Tompkins at first, but it doesn't take long before they start revealing their uh, unhappiness with him. And they start to really start to get kind of hostile with him. And, as, and if you're lip reading, you're seeing things like, where have you been? Mercurius has fallen apart without you. What are you doing? Like, we need the, those things that you built that keep the city going. Uh, they don't work without you, Tompkins. What are you doing out? Like, you've been gone for. Uh, we don't. We can't tell time. But if we could, we would then talk about how long you've been gone in a very upset tone, Tompkins. Like, what are you doing out? Where have you been? And Tompkins is like, I'm. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm on. And he. He looks like he wants to say something and like start doing some name dropping. And he. You're surprised that he catches himself and he's like, um, he's like, I had to wander away. Um, for personal reasons, and you need to give me time 
to check in with some people, sort some business out, and then we'll sit down and talk about what the city needs. But right now I can't do this. And like they're like, the Tompkins, what the hell are you? Who if they get, who like, do you think you to... are, Tompkins? You're like they're absolutely livid that Tompkins would have the audacity, the the <laughs> the absolute like disrespect to talk to them like that when Tompkins works for them. That's the attitude you're getting from them. Uh, yeah, so like if it gets too heated, that's when Brummelstone <laughs> would get up and he he would like sit he'd be like like Tompkins with us. And he'd be like, fuck off dickweeds. <laughs> <laughs> and one of them gets in your face and is like, this is a dream. See you later. Uh, I would headbutt that guy. Vasa <laughs> uh, uh, turns around he, at the sudden commotion. He reels back. The rest of them that heard that are stumped that you didn't fade away. Like, what? Oh, my God. What is this? Who is that? Oh no, uh, I would have said that Vasa would have turned around at the rising commotion. Like, first the voice has kind of caught her attention, but she was so focused <laughs> on the beer. But then the moment, like, Brummelstone rises, she turns around. And the moment that Brummelstone headbutts someone, Vasa, like, she pushes up and she's like, Good, I was not in a good mood. And she just looks ready to rumble. <laughs> yeah. Tin breaks a bottle on the bar. Oh yeah. <laughs> Or it'll be like something on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it's a patron. She just even like the... light a furniture. She lighted a person on fire. You and see someone kind of push like, their way through the crowd, eating. and they're like, "Enough! Enough! There is no. Everyone, calm down!" And this large figure kind of like imposes himself upon the rest of the patrons. Um, he is maybe eight and a half, nine feet tall. Is it a grizzly bear? Um, he is actually a bear, yes. That's a good guess. Um, Vasa's first <laughs> exclamation would be like, it's the dreaming bear! <laughs> and he, he kind of doesn't bear. really quite hear what you said, and he's like, there's no need for all of this. Everyone needs to calm down right now. And people are kind of like, he has like an authority in his voice that... Um, I'll say that Vasa, you recognize that he he has the tone of somebody who does this, like he's speaking <laughs> like some kind of guardsman or it's some the bouncer, so- bear. <laughs> bouncer bear. Bouncer <laughs> bear. Um, like, everyone, calm down right now, and everyone starts to pull away, and he's like, he's like, I'm not in charge of this place, but I'm in charge of taking care of this. If you want me to. And they all kind of bounce, like they kind of like just step back. And he's like, <sighs> he's like, and he walks up to the bartender. He's like, a mug of mead with some honey in it, please. <laughs> and takes a seat down. And like the one guy, like he, he's like, I'm going to figure out what you are because you shouldn't be here. And he like kind of keeps his eye on Brummelstone and walks away. Can Vasa throw him a rude gesture over Brummelstone's short head? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, Vasa will do that. And Vasa will be like, anytime, anytime. <laughs> you, you, out back. And <laughs> that bear puts a paw on your shoulder and he's like, please. Hi, Mr. Bear. How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm fine. You been any, any news since we last saw you? Any new kids? I don't how's know the, who you are. I see a lot how's of the, How's the fat coming along? And Vasa gives his side a little a little squeeze. <laughs> she just stares at you like... <laughs> I suggest whatever customs you brought with you to this place. 
You'll leave him somewhere else. Okay, Mr. Bear. Mr. I'm... Dreaming Bear. And Vasa goes to the counter. <laughs> He's like, I am not Bear. My name is Constable Paddington. And he walks away and sits oh. down. <laughs> oh, cute. <laughs> He's going to be our new Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> Tin, Tin is just like looking at him the entire time and going. <laughs> <laughs> I want him. So Tompkins um, pushes a stool next to uh, Brummelstone and then climbs the stool and then takes a stool next to Brummelstone. Yeah. And he's like, thanks. Yeah. They're pretty yeah. upset. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. So you have, all have your drinks now. And um, the bartender comes back, and he's like, anything else I can get you? It's, yeah, I don't know how long it's going to be, like I said, so. Vasa paused, and she's like, you can you can bring anything here, right? This is the dream world. Get anything? <laughs> he's like, please stop saying that word. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm sorry. You can get anything here, right? This is the you-know-what world? Yeah, I'm good at my job. What's What's up? And then Vasa kind of like looks a little bit excited for a moment. She's like, I would love some dried dates with salted ham. Damn. It has been ages. Where are you from? Rollum. What world is that? My world. I was hoping to make this an easier edit for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! I thought that was the bartender being like, "What world is that?" And the Vasa got all indignant because he's like, "My world." Sorry, I tried to cheat. Sorry. Oh, she's like, "Oh yes, Menroth," and uh, <laughs> he goes off into the back. Uh, <laughs> what are the rest of you doing? Tin will yell after him. Uh, bring some nuts and bolts. <laughs> the finest <laughs> nuts and bolts. Rumblestone, at hearing the the chance to order real food, turns around and be like, "Beef, beef broth." <laughs> yeah. Tompkins, do you want anything? You want this guy's pan? I think I don't know. I He's like, no, you don't actually need to eat here, so I'm not actually hungry anymore. Oh, it's about okay. wanting. It's not about having to Tompkins. No, I'm actually I'm I'm used to not eating for like a long time. So the the idea of being I don't I don't understand why would you want to be hungry? Like food just reminds me of being hungry now. Like being hungry was terrible when we were outside. Yeah, so for the rest of you you still feel like hunger pains and stuff even though you probably don't need to eat. Um those who actually find substance through food, um even when you're in the dreaming you you still feel those hunger pains. You won't nothing. There's no negative consequences to not eating, but you still feel them. Whereas Tompkins is like the uh, literally the exact opposite. Now that he's in the dreaming room, he's like, oh, "That's right, I'm not hungry anymore." Oh my god, like it's a huge <laughs> weight off his shoulder to not have to feel hungry. So uh, maybe about five minutes later, he comes back out with an entire assortment of demands and starts passing them out. Ah, uh, Vasa looks just so relieved and. Her mood seems to take an upturn as she just kind of pops those dried dates in her mouth and chews with obvious relish. But uh, yeah, he never even you watch as um, he walks down the counter and uh, someone orders a drink and that person insists on paying. Like he's like, OK, how much? And he, the uh, bartender kind of 
He's like, oh, it's uh, three silver. And he's like, oh. So he reaches into his pouch, pulls out three silver. He hands it to the bartender, and then the bartender closes his hand around it. But when he walks away, the bartender opens his hand, and there's nothing in there. And he's just like... Classic mm-hmm. palming move. Love it. Uh, <laughs> well, no, he didn't, like, he didn't palm it. It's just it's not real. So no, he's just... <laughs> Yeah, I was I was making a joke. Oh, sorry. No, you're fine. <laughs> you're fine. It obviously did not land. So, um, Promo Stone would see none of that because he would be too busy, just like, like <laughs> in the most like unrespectful way, eating this and like slurping from the bowl. Or during all this, Ertlebe is like having her tequila off to the side of the bar, um, but she's she's like slipping up. She's also having a moment of introspection, and she's looking through her exfoliation book at all the things that are in it. Um, just flipping through the pages. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys take some time, relax, eat up, and then um, Tompkins kind of shifts his weight in the uh, stool, and he says, I've got to go tend to some business, so are you guys cool here? Do you need any help? These people seem direct. They're pretty upset with me, so... Yeah, I, I should be okay. I've just got to figure something out. <laughs> Where can we find you if we need you? Uh, and he pointed at a table. Um, he's like, basically, um, they're upset because, like, Mercurius fell. And uh, they want me to fix it. So I got to go figure out what's going on. And as you kind of, as he says that, he looks around. And you can see on the second floor of this establishment, which you don't quite remember there being a second floor. You remember the stairs. You remember... Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. patch coming down those stairs, but now there's a walkway all around this establishment with a, a second floor, and there's tons of doors. Rumblestone would take this time to open his own book and write, continue writing in his journal. Mm-hmm. That is more actually like something to give to Claiborne. So it's Tin would flag down the bartender. Comes back over. So Tin would ask him is. Um, I'm I'm in need of of repair for my for my armor. Do you happen to know of any way that I can get that kind of assistance here, or how I could go about it? Um, there's a world that would do repairs like that called Cog. They actually have a whole whole race of you people, and you could probably find some. There's a these different brotherhood groups that exist, they can do those repairs no problem. They're really skilled. Um, the only other person I can think of is there's an architect. I don't. I'd never met him, but there's an architect that uh, lives in Macarius. I don't. No one can find him. I don't. He's gone now. But um, yeah, he can. He's a. He's amazing. He built the entire city. He. As long as you're here in the dream, in the dream, well, like three people disappear right away. And he's like, Fuck. <clears throat> as long as you're in, you know, this kind of environment, uh, if that guy ever shows back up, it fix you right up. Tin, Tin's going to be like, thank you. And, um, potentially start making her way to wherever she saw Tompkins walk. Yeah. Off. He's like four tables. Vasa stuffing her face and drinking her mead, and every time her every time the plate empties and the mead uh, mug empties, she requests more. Does yeah. she? Can you feel drunk or in this in the dream world? Uh, you guys can, yeah. Vasa's happy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So you go over there, and there's like 
20 or more people, and they're all standing around the table where Tompkins is at. He watches their, they're kind of yelling at him over and over again, like, what did you think was going to happen when you left, Tompkins? You're the only reason the city exists. That's why you were put in charge of the city. And Tompkins is like, I look, and he's, Again, you're you're kind of, you're almost a little impressed that he's not breaking like you would expect him to, but he's like, I'm doing really important stuff, and you're all acting like I'm crazy for leaving. But ask yourselves, would I have left if it wasn't important? And they all at once go like, Yes. And he's like, well, that that's you know that hurts that you don't have that kind of faith in me. Um, so what do you want me to do? And they say, we want you to bring back Mercurius. It's gone. Those things broke into the city, ripped it apart, and the rest of it decayed because you weren't maintaining. Like that's your job. That's what you're supposed to do, Tompkins. Like you know, you would think architect like in our world is like, wow, you're an architect. That's crazy. But he seems to be just like a janitor maintenance to them in their eyes. And they, one of them explains like, we basically live in fear here now. We're trying to expand the inn, but those little things that you left behind aren't good enough. You need to give us something. And Tomkins is like, I. And he kind of looks over and he sees Tin and he kind of waves you over. Uh, Tin, Tin goes over to him. And he's like, this is an associate of mine. We've been working together on something really important. Uh, we're not going to name drop names, but uh, if we did, I mean, like, whoa, you guys would be freaking out. So here's the situation. These people need homes. I need to do some rebuilding. I want to ask you what you think about all this because I already know what Voss is going to say and she's been drinking. Not that she's the team leader but she's basically the team leader and so I'm I'm going to ask you. I don't know what to do, Tin. These people want homes. They they want Mercurius back. I can't rebuild Mercurius as it was but you know, I don't like the way this feels with them all staring at me while I talk about them. So let's get up and go somewhere else. And then he takes you like 20 feet away and just repeats it. And everyone's staring at him. They might be able to hear him, but he feels better about this. And he's like, what should I do? I think a lot of us have given up. A, a, we've sacrificed a lot on this journey knowing that the more urgent and the more important mission is finding these shards so that we can bring lasting peace and lasting safety and protection to all of our worlds and all of the people that matter to us. Here's my idea. What if I expand the tavern and you guys take some time to yourselves to figure things out, do what you gotta do? I mean, I can help you get to other worlds if you have unfinished business somewhere. But otherwise, I think I've got to find a compromise. So Tompkins has kind of talked to you a little bit, Tin. He's like, I've got to help them out. Maybe maybe we can go talk to the rest of the group. Yeah, I think that's for the best. Yeah, he kind of wanders over and gets all of you together. And he does not sit down, but he waits till you're all seated. Vasa burps. <laughs> and he says, all right, so here's here's the situation. Um... Tompkins! Vasas reaches out and like grabs him really friendly on the trunk and be like, are those fuckers bullying you again? Because I will, I will fuck them up. Nobody fucks with our Tompkins. Right? Right, grandmother? Right? That is so 
He's actually really happy now. He's like, okay, okay. So here's the deal. Mercurius fell when we left. Big whoop. That was a city that was built for the survivors of Stardust. And now they're homeless. And I don't feel bad for going with you guys. Of course not. We're friends. We're family. But... I do feel an obligation to help them out. They want to convert this tavern into an inn. And I can help do that. It's going to take me a little while. So, you know, you guys can hang out here if you want to. But I know you had said you don't want to stay in one place too long. Can I Can I drop you off somewhere? Rumblestone would, like, kind of look up and be like, Wait, does that mean I could go back to Obrimos? Yeah. I, I can drop you guys. Where, I mean, I'll drop you guys off. When I'm done, I'll come pick you guys back up. But Tompkins, you're so unreliable. In the best way! Cheek squeeze, cheek squeeze, <laughs> cheek squeeze. <laughs> well, well how, how will you know where to find us? I'll When I take you guys to where you're going, I'll tell you to meet me here. And then you'll just make sure you're in the spot, and I'll come pick you up. Well, how will we know when to meet you there? Ah, I gotcha. He kind of just <laughs> shrugs his shoulders like, I don't. Time seems to move in a funny way when you're in the dream world or in the gray or in those tunnels. I'd hate to wait for years. We've left you waiting for weeks before. Yeah. Oh, I see why you guys are nervous. Yeah, it would really suck to be left somewhere for a while and not be picked up right away. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Sassy Tompkins. I guess I, I don't have a, a straight answer for you. Just keep checking in. Wait longer than three weeks. Yeah, I don't know how long. It just flies right over his head. The opportunity is alluring, but it seems dangerous. Seems like an excellent chance for a group of nightmares who are maintaining an evolving strategy to pick us off one by one. Now that we have the love shack, I really don't want us to split up the group. Vasa abruptly speaks up and she's like, um, she's like, I need to go to Rollum. Rollum, where's that at? My home world! <laughs> Tompkins? Uh, I love this bit. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Men- Menroth? Yes! Duh! Yeah, I can get you there. That's That one's actually really easy to get to. And then, um, despite Vasa being very pleasantly drunk, she seems to try to sober herself up a bit just by sitting up straight, but she's actually leaning a bit to the side. Um, she's, she's like, yeah, yeah, I need to, I need to go to Rollum, even just for a day. Yeah, no problem. I can get you guys there. That's pretty easy. Just one day in the Emerald City. <laughs> Are you guys meeting up with Patch? Is that what I heard? Oh, Yeah. I really need to talk. We need. I have questions. Yeah. Whenever you're ready after that, let me know. I'm going to get to work. Tomkins, I need your help. What's up? I'm broken. Aww. On the inside, but also on the outside. Emotionally. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I... They said that... They said that you, with your skills, that you would have the ability to fix me and my armor. <gasps> oh, yeah, because we're here. Please don't build me into a house. <gasps> Cause it's just, it's like, no, I, I'm not. Like, ready with curtains? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
But will they match the drapes is the question. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Uh, sorry. Oh, I myself out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is gross. I'm sorry. That's funny. <laughs> it was too um, easy to pass up. I had to take a shot. <laughs> I, I don't do that here. Can we go into the room? Sure. Okay. So you guys head off into a side room, and what are the rest of you doing? Um, Erlby had been reading um, the exfoliation book, and she'd gotten to the page with the names of all the people who died on the gambler, and so she'd actually like, like, kind of like find a cozy corner and still just be like remembering and feeling melancholy. Is there anything Brummelstone would know about Rollum? You know, he was, like, kind of studying, like, the other worlds and stuff before. Give me a history check. Okay. Uh, 16. If you remember correctly, Rollum is known in your studies as the Kingdom of Secrets on a really, like, old, old world called Menroth that basically they hunt down dangerous magics like magics they deem that are too powerful uh, and then they either destroy them or lock them up so you know like (laughs) Rumblestone is thinking but probably not saying like those magics might have keys you know to help win this so that's that's his interest, and he would probably be as slightly as Brummelstone can, which is not slightly at all. <laughs> with, his, with his ten charisma, like asking more information from uh, Avasa about like that, like the magic items and like the ability to get in, like especially you know he's secretly wanting magic armor for himself. In a grander scheme, he's like maybe there's something that will undo a curse in there. Perhaps you know, like wait, um, Tompkins, uh, Brummelstone is asking Vasa this. Like very, he's trying to be subtle about it. He's just like, don't tell me more about you know, Rollum on Minroth. Tell me more about you know. I hear they keep dangerous magics there. And Vasa, being quite drunk as she is, um, gets a little bit misty eyed with nostalgia, and she waxes very poetic, almost like uselessly poetic, because everything's like shrouded in metaphors, piled upon metaphors, piled upon similes <laughs> of just like the amount of dangerous and swashbuckling adventure there's to be had in Rollum and smuggling all these goods, and how like certain times they smuggle something that just like, exploded and like took out somebody's arm. And all that stuff, and she's really kind of focusing on the thing, the times things went wrong. Because when things went wrong, those the most like devastation happened, and those make for the best stories. It's not actually like informative. She'll be like, "Yeah, the thing with the glowy thing and the, the you know, like it's not, it's it's not as uh, articulate and specific as she could have been if she was actually in merchant business mode and like <laughs> actually smuggling." So she's just she's just telling a wild tale. And if I'm not mistaken, this is. I think, like, the most that you've all gotten about Vasa's backstory, that Vasa's never really talked about the things that she's done uh, prior to uh, world walking. And so she keeps talking about smuggling stuff and smuggling stuff and smuggling stuff. 
Yeah, just like she keeps, she just keeps like expanding. She's like, oh, there was like this thing, and like it was great, and we like totally. But but uh, at the same time, she has never actually dropped any names, and she's never actually dropped any any pronouns. Um, Vasa would be tapped on the shoulder by Erdely, who'd hold open her exfoliation book and be like, "Dearie, what's this?" And it's like the black octagon that Vasa signed as her like drawing of herself. Mm-hmm. Way back when we didn't want to be forgotten. And Vasa, she would look at it and she'd be like, that's me. That's me, grandmother. Have you already forgotten? And she'd be like, oh no. The nightmare sludge totally affected your artistic ability. That must be it. <laughs> this looks nothing like, I've got a book for you. Not this one. It's called Drawing with the Right Half of the Brain. We're going to teach you how to draw good pictures. Because this is very bad. There's no eyeballs. There's nothing. Yeah, like, the more you talk about smuggling things, yeah, like, Brummelstone's like, oh, I bet you, you know, and it's like trying to figure out the magic item that you are naming that does but that. Where has, <laughs> um, where has Tompkins gone? Because did Tompkins just go like, yeah, I'll pop you all to Rollum and just walk no, he's away? Just, he's just been watching you guys talk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then uh, at some point, Vasa would be like, "Yeah, yeah." Uh, so Tomkins, we're going. I'm going to Rollum, right, for for a day. You sure. Don't don't you fucking leave me in Rollum for seventy years. I've I've done that. <laughs> it won't take me that long. Because because time is is different, Tomkins. I've just it's it's different between the dreaming world and the real world. Don't don't you leave me there for seventy years. I don't. I don't want to do that again. He just keeps shaking his head. He's like, yeah, I'm on it. I'm. You, you promise, Tompkins? You, you promise? Promise to leave you there time, for 70 cause years? Because time, time is different between the dreaming world and reality. Burp. And he's like, oh, I see. And he kind of looks at you knowingly. And he goes, I'll be right back. And he just walks away. It doesn't take long before um, you watch the bartender kind of nod his head and then walk around. And uh, he kind of gives you all a nod. and then. He whispers something to somebody, and they're like, wait, what? And they say, this is, and they say something you can't really hear, and when they finish it, they disappear, they fade out, and then two or three other people around them are like, what, a dream? And they fade out, and then very quickly- gasps, and she leaps (laughs) up and starts staggering around, grabbing people by the shoulders and telling them (laughs) this is a dream. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, very quickly, the- uh, the inn starts to just, like, dissipate. At what point, Vasa actually grabs the bartender, shakes him, and says, This is a dream! Before oh, no. Another person. And he kind of <laughs> just moves away. Yeah, everybody else, uh, they are kind of, like, interested and excited. Like, what's going on? Why would he do that? And uh, the bartender steps forward and he says, Everyone that is still here and knows that this is a dream. A dream! Uh, Vasa yells in the background. <laughs> he said, um, we're going to be wrapping up now. You all need to move up to your uh, rooms that have been provided for you. Uh, if you don't have a room, find a room. Everyone, you need to open your doors to anybody who asks. And then just go ahead and hunker down for the night. And someone's like, why? What's going on? He's like, uh, what's going on is that I have uh, giving you an instruction in the form of pleasantries and you need to just accept that for what it is and they all seem kind of confused but yeah there's some disgruntled 
arguments, but everybody goes upstairs and does what they do. As they go upstairs and they go into their rooms, the lights kind of dim, and as the light recedes from the second floor, the doors fade with it until there are no doors on the second floor anymore. And then after that, your eyes kind of trace the stairs again. And once you are looking up the stairs, the lights have kind of pulled back a little bit and there's a little bit of a kind of a darker ambiance in the area. Once again, coming down the stairs, you see the familiar figure of Patch. His heavy leather boots plop down the stairs. Um, He's still wearing his green weathered slacks, his worn leather gloves, and his tucked in beige button up shirt. His cloak of midnight blue still drapes around his figure. And just like the first night you ever saw him, you can kind of almost lose yourself in that kind of autumn sky that it kind of gives the vibe of. Just like before as well, you still don't see any uh, physical features of him. It's almost like he himself is the cloak, except for a uh, brown goatee that sticks out from under the hood, about three inches in length, and he descends down the stairs. And if you don't remember, you also have the impression of a scar across his face, even though you can't see his face or the scar. And he kind of comes down the stairs and looks around, and he says, how have you all been? Thanks for listening to episode 56, Dear Kevin. If you're looking for more World Walkers in your life, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook at World Walkers Pod, or you can gain access to exclusive art and episodes at patreon.com slash worldwalkers. We're still accepting help via my GoFundMe as well. If you're not familiar with my recent health issues, you can find out more at gofundme.com slash everybody dash loves dash Pedro. The music from this episode comes from Kevin McLeod. You can find his work at incompetech.com. The sound effects come from Sirenscape, which you can find at sirenscape.com. I want to go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> beach. Go to the beach, right? Yeah, the right. beach. The beach? The beach? Oh, I miss I miss the beaches. They they are a sight. I can, Let's go to the beach. I can send you All to right, the beach. Alright, you decided to take us to the beach. What? And let's <laughs> sing the whole time we're there. <laughs> I'm willing to pass on the beach to keep the group together. That's how much I love the group. Because <laughs> the beach is awesome. The beach is awesome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I do want a beach episode, though. <laughs> I feel pretty confident I'll be able to find you. I mean, I don't know where you guys are going. I guess if you guys want to go... Like running across an entire planet, it would be hard for me to find you. But if you're just stopping in somewhere, why shouldn't be that hard for me to come pick you up? The beach. Yeah. I I mean, sure. What beach? And then I don't know. Vasa suddenly speaks up, and she's like, "Rollum's beach." Is Rollum landlocked? Because Vasa will take that back. <laughs> what is landlocked? Is Rollum landlocked? Does Vasa have no idea what a beach is because she lived in Rollum? Oh, um, you know what a beach is, and Rollum is not a beach. But does Rollum have a beach? No. <laughs> okay. Actually, um, fine. Then, <laughs> rewind. Um, Vasa abruptly speaks. 
Has Vasi oh. become Rick from Rick and Morty? Did you just burp again? <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I support this. It's like it's like I'm gonna uh, come on, you gotta I can't I can't even do the Rick voice. I wish I could. <laughs> now i want to draw rick and morty uh style tomkins and Vasa. yeah i'm on it i'd watch that series Only we get to bully Tompkins. <laughs> also, can I just say that that was probably like the funniest thing in a long time. It was like, uh, I headbutt him, and then I break a bottle, and then I set something on fire. <laughs> we were all so ready to just throw down. It's like, dude, we've been fighting <laughs> monsters. You think we're yeah. scared of you, little bitches? <laughs> Hello, I man in pajamas. <laughs> like Draco Malfoy. Like. <laughs> I'm going to talk to my father about this. Yeah. <laughs> my father will hear. I just imagine him walking up the stairs and Brumblestone like maintaining eye contact the whole time. <laughs> That's right. Go to your second room. I will cut you and it will hurt you. Olivia, would you want to go find Terrence? That's actually the the thing I was thinking most about is like tracking down my son. But the same way you were like, we just got off COG. I need some like distance from cog (laughs) cog is really angry at us we shouldn't go back to cog at all for a while like shit is fucked up there we lit some stuff on fire in cog um the he left a note for me saying he was okay and so like that's the only reason ertleby wasn't like screw you guys goodbye i'm going to cog right now she Our like, faces broke out of their impenetrable prison. I bet if we even like peeked an eyelash there and they caught us, like there would be no, there would be no second chances to get out. So let's not go back to the land of incredibly stiff ass dwarves and impenetrable cellars. There is not until I can kill them all. Yeah. yeah. Until we can-